Welcome to Alchemy Answers, episode 28, everybody. Thank you for joining us yet again. And um, I think this is going to be a good episode. We've got some good questions in chat. And uh, if you want your questions legitimately answered every single week, be sure to check out Patreon, www.patreon.com slash Dota Alchemy, and we will absolutely get to your questions every week. You also have access to us in a private channel in the Discord where you can ask questions and talk to us yep. as well. So, uh, yeah, if that sounds interesting to you, feel free to support us. We'd absolutely appreciate it. If not, we still love you guys for tuning in, and we'll probably get to some of your questions in chat as well. Can you take a wild guess who our first question is from there, Donnie? If you just had to guess one of our beloved Patreon fans I and guess Hockillionaire. <laughs> <laughs> you are correct. It is Hockillionaire. It is Kuroki himself. So he says, as a position five player, is it good to block the enemy hard camp to prevent the offlaners from pulling? If so, please explain why, and then also use specific examples of lineups and times it would be good to do this against. Dude. Number one, Hockillioner, I got to say, when you ask for specifics, it makes the question so much more difficult because it's like, there's so many scenarios. Also, <laughs> so many of them. I feel like he's a teacher and he's assigning me a fucking paper to write. <laughs> <laughs> it's like his questions are so in depth. Like, please be specific. Provide sources. There have to be at least three primary sources. You're not allowed to use Wikipedia. You have to get scientific journals to back up your claims. <laughs> Dude, it's because Come it's on, because Hockillionaire is Kuroki and he's looking for the next Matumba man. He's looking uh, for the next miracle. Okay. And he thinks, okay, it could be these guys. Let's see. Do they know the timing to pull this thing? Oh, no, they don't. It's fucking idiots. I gave them such a specific question. Okay, so I'll, I guess I'll get started on this one. Uh, so as a position five player, I, I would say that a, de a decent amount of the time, I would say like probably about 30, 40% of the time, you can consider sentry blocking the hard camp. Uh, that is something that you would want to do if the enemy team has a, a hero that wants to push-pull the lane. Like if if and if that's really important for their game plan. Uh, so for example, if there is um, if there's like a coddle on the enemy team, he wants to push pull push pull push pull, and he doesn't really have that much kill threat until he gets some levels from from doing that. My camera is just blinking black for whatever reason. But in any case, uh, I would say that it's that's when it's acceptable. But uh, basically, you just have to use your best judgment. Uh, and if it's really integral to the enemy team's game plan, then you do it. But I would say for for the most case, uh, for most cases in the offlane, like that's not going to really screw over offlaners that much because uh, they could just cut the wave, they could dive you under tower. There's a lot that lanes can uh, can do against you if you if you block that pull. It might be better. You might be better off in a lot of cases just warding to scout the pull and then going over to contest it. As an offlaner, that's something that I. That That's I personally what I would, do. I would do that too as a support. I, I, I like I like that. I really like that as an option for for both sides too. Just yep. because it, it just gives you the information, and then with the information you can make a, an informed decision. And if a camp is blocked, it's really easy to deward. They just send out a sentry, and it's it's going to be it's going to be unblocked. And that's why you would sentry block it. But if you're sentry blocking it, that's going to cost you extra money at the start. And that's why it would have to be very important to the game plan of the enemy team. So I'd say uh, probably I said forty percent, but that's probably too high. That's probably too high, honestly, uh, because you don't have the gold for it. So I'd say like 10, 20 percent of the time you can you can try it if you think that it's important to the offlaners game plan. Yeah, I think that I I also really there's there's really good wards that you can place to do exactly what you were just talking about. Like 
It'll give you sort of a protecting award uh, against the potential rotation of a second support into the lane. It'll also scout the bounty rune. There's there's like really a couple of really good wards that you can place on both sides for that. Um, I think the only times that I ever really block it, if somebody plays a lot of support, is if I'm against a Doom. I don't want them to take the... I want them to have to walk all the way back to their jungle to get yeah. a, a big creep. And or Enchantress as well. That's another yep. one. Enchantress, Chen, and uh, Elder Titan are the only ones that I'd really consider blocking. Elder Titan, yeah. That's a really good one too. Or maybe somebody who is going to be able to shove the, wa the wave under my tower and then like... Coddle. Uh, yeah, I was just thinking somebody that would also farm that camp as well. Like pressure Call. me and also farm it so potentially something like against a really good bristleback or axe player maybe but most of the time they're not going to be able to do it so mostly yeah. just the, like the doom the elder titan that kind of stuff is block it yeah i, I think so uh, it's it's it is good against doom though and doom's like a really hot uh hot pick right now so if, if you do that against doom like you're gonna have a a, a good win rate against that hero because a lot of people use that camp like they won't walk back and get the hard camp yeah they'll just be stuck uh, devouring lane creeps or right like they'll have to take some shitty like small camp creep, and if they don't have a if they don't have like a satyr or something like that, they're a lot weaker. Mm -hmm. well, I mean, I, honestly, all of the creeps except for the troll net is, is good. Uh, the troll net sucks dick, but yep. still, they, if they eat the troll net, they can get the next spawn of creeps, and that's still going to be good. Okay, uh, so souls was actually just responding to Hockey Lunaire's question, which doesn't surprise me. Oh man, I was I was coaching souls the other day. And half of the time, he's telling me these things. He's he's telling me like these things that he he tried something in a lobby or he le learned something. At, like I, I feel like he was coaching me half the time. <laughs> oh shit! I didn't know that worked. He's one of those like really like information based guys where he he just he knows all of these little tidbits of information about the game, and then doesn't execute them. <laughs> but but he knows a lot. He knows a lot about the game. So right. he's just telling hockey later. Okay, reformer. Uh, tips on racing conduct score. Uh, I wish we had Henry for this. Yeah. Uh, one abandoned due to weather, and I lose nearly 2k points in it. I know Henry spams uh, turbo mode to get out of uh, uh, low behavior score because all of the games, you get you get commends for them after them. They end really quickly. Uh, I, I'm sure just like naturally not getting reports and playing games probably raises your behavior score as well. That's basically a turbo mode. Uh, yeah, I would say that... Well, behave well. That's also a start. Yeah, a couple. <laughs> obviously, that that's the main start is don't be a dickhead. Um, but I think that proportionally speaking, supports get commended more uh, if you play a good support. And also, you should definitely just commend your whole team after every game if you if you win, because there's a very good chance that you'll get commends back for that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's a that's a good point. That's a really good point. There's a lot of games where I'll I'll have no commands and I'll just command my whole team and then I'll see like a flurry of them yep. happen. People usually just forget about it. Like you, you win a game of Dota, you're on to the next one. But if you get commands, you're usually like, oh, well, yeah, sure, why not? They did pretty well this game. Yep. Okay, well, next question. This is actually one you posted in here, Donnie. Uh, probably, I think you got it from probably Patreon. Yeah, it was a um, DM from our patrons. Dat Zit. I have no idea how to pronounce uh, a word that starts with X. Maybe somebody in chat can inform me. He says, what can I do when I'm hard countered in game, e.g. Skywrath versus Pugna? Sky feels very ineffective doing anything other than pickoffs and team fights where Pugna will be present, and he is essentially hard countered by a single well-placed ward, 2.7k MMR. I want to I I answer this one first and okay. tell me what you think. 
Sure. Um, so this has sort of been my approach if, it, if I come up with this situation. Number one, I ask myself, is my hero really good against any of the heroes on their team? So, for example, I mean, sure, a, a Pugna definitely counters Skywrath, but at the same time, you're pretty good against Pugna to some extent just because he's very vulnerable to magic damage, but there might also be some other hero that you're really, really good against um, or super good on, on your team that you're really good with, like an Axe or a Legion Commander. And if the answer is yes, if there is a hero that you're really, really good against on the other team or a hero that you're really good with on your team, then you can kind of just play the game normally but itemize more defensively. But if you're in a game where you picked a hero first maybe and then you got like hard countered by three or four heroes and so you're actually having like the shittiest game ever if you play it normally, then you kind of just have to play the hero in a completely different way. And that might involve literally buying like medallion vlads and a pipe on skyrath mage and just like being an aura carrier or like super super utility going just like atos not really casting your spells playing it as as sort of just like an annoyance as opposed to a damage dealer that's like pretty much the only way you can deal with being hard countered by the entire game yep that's uh that would be my answer exactly and that makes sense because I think we've just we've both discussed this topic in the past and we we both kind of agree on this wholeheartedly. So yeah, yeah. I that would also be my exact answer. I would say like also in I would terms also of mute your whole team because you're gonna have a really really terrible game and they're gonna blame you for every bad fight. But yeah. it's, it's literally a game where you can't do anything, and so you need to mute your whole team because you're also gonna buy some weird fucking items for your hero because like, you're gonna get flamed. Yeah, you're gonna get flamed for sure. Yeah, I would say also. Um, Skill you can skill differently too. Like on Skywrath, um, Pugna counters you if you're a damage dealer, if yep. you're uh, putting out the arcane bolts. But if you max concussive shot, then you're using that from the out of from out of range of the uh, Nether Ward. And then if you max your silence after that, you're not really costing that much mana. Yep. You're not a damage dealer. You're a disabler. You're an initiator. So you just play it differently than what the optimal way to play it is on the current patch. Simply because. Uh, it is no longer optimal versus a Pugna. Yep. Okay. Yeah, it's, so... it's like, like for example, uh, just to give a really, really specific example besides that one, if you are a strength-based hero and you're, let's say you're like, a, I don't know, like a Sven, you're playing against a Lifestealer, there's a very good chance that unless you are extremely far ahead, if you go for just like a lot of strength-based items, you're actually going to make the Lifestealer stronger against you. So it's much better to go for like, AC armor. and just like armor, tons of armor, tons of attack speed, and like a basher or something like that, which is not something you'd normally see on a spin. Yep. Yep. Why why play into the enemy's game? Like they exactly. picked it for a reason. They picked it for the reason. Don't give them don't give them exactly what they want. That's just super game losing. It, yeah. It's okay. Like, it, okay. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. We we you can if you want to if you uh, want to finish out with the ball. Yeah, I was just gonna say it's kind of like when you see somebody like in the professional cutting the creep wave as an offlaner it's usually because the offlaner was picked before the safe lane hero the safe lane hero is generally picked to counter the offlaner to have a good game the offlaner says i don't want to play your game in a static lane i'm just going to go cut the creep wave and force you into this weird scenario it's kind of yep. the same thing yep i love i love doing that there's no way to win the, or to lose the offlane if you if you play like that yep Okay, uh, so Bungle No More says, uh, when you got Yules, can you shift Q your own Yules on yourself to avoid getting stunned or dodge SF's ult? Also, is this tactic beneficial? Uh, I don't think you can shift Q out I of... can't. 
I, somebody else's Yules. I tested it. You, um, can't, you can't shift Q out. You just have to spam it. I would say, but I would say in general, uh, if you're trying to if you're trying to time things uh, exactly with uh, shift uh, with the Yule scepter or or anything for that matter, you shouldn't uh, you shouldn't be shift queuing because the problem with shift queuing is that there's a backswing to almost everything in Dota. Don't ask me why, but there is. And the backswing is literally useless and it can be canceled. But if you shift queue, it waits for the backswing to end before doing the next action. So uh, Lena is always the very uh, easy example that I use. But if you shift queue all of Lena's abilities after her stun, it is the slowest fucking thing you'll ever witness. It's like watching paint dry. It's like watching every Harry Potter movie ever made. You know, you're just like, when will this end? Uh, when will Harry just die? Come on, like Snape kills Dumbledore and Harry's not dead yet? What's going on? But in any case, if you don't shift Q it, she's like fucking blowing people up. It's like, holy shit, I'm dead. I got vaporized. But You literally go from being Krillin to fucking like Vegeta or Goku. Hey, man, what you got? What do you got about just because he's bald? Are you serious? He just sucks. What's wrong with Krillin? He's a fucking human in a world of exactly. Saiyans, dude. He's he's the fucking guy that we're all supposed to relate to. Just because you have the fucking Goku hair, Donnie, <laughs> and and that's because you, he's the character you relate to. I relate to Krillin because he's the fucking virgin little nerd guy who's like, oh, what am I doing here with all these powerful guys swinging their dragon balls around? I'm fucking Krillin. Like this is crazy. And but I still like being there and being around and having a good time with my dragon balls out and other guys touching my ball, my dra going for my dragon balls. You know, just because you're fucking Goku. Come on. My Goku, dude. God, my my heart's racing, man. You just got my heart racing talking about fucking Goku. And I mean, Come let's on. be okay. Krillin is actually a bad example because Krillin's actually a badass. He's like he kills people and like does some really cool shit, and he gets one of the you know the the only girls in that show. So, uh, how about like Yamcha? Yamcha's like the the fucking. He's supposed to be like the pretty boy human who's like all cool. And does yeah, all he's art. he's actually like the most useless character. In he's just a show. shittier Goku. He's just a way shittier Goku. The human version of Goku. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. He's shit and trash. Um, yeah, no, I can agree with that. I can yeah. agree with that. I think he was actually probably the least cool character in. The I don't know, dude. Majin Buu is pretty fucking dumb. Yeah, but he was a villain. But he was, a, he was villain. a villain. That's passable that the villains are like wacky. Yeah, exactly. He's pretty dumb though. Earth people in chocolate. Pretty dumb. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty <laughs> stupid. They're like, oh fuck, the kids are gonna love this one. <laughs> they're gonna, they're gonna think this is so great. They're gonna all be eat, trying to eat each other and shit. Yeah, that, he looks like a big piece of just bubble gum that somebody's chewed already. That's why you Doesn't stop he? watching. You stop watching Dragon Ball Z after the Cell Saga because that was like that was some pretty intense stuff. It was pretty intense, man. People getting sucked up by his little cock coming out of his ass, sort of thing. Yeah. Oh my god! Especially Android eighteen. Come on. Speaking of Krillin. Yeah. Speaking. Of she comes Krillin. back though, right? She's good. She comes oh, yeah. back. I mean, they kill Cell and everybody comes back. God. What if they just didn't kill Cell? It's just these girlfriends just gone forever. I mean, Krillin's gone too. If they, oh, the Earth is gone if they don't kill Cell. 
Oh, I guess, I guess, I guess that's true. That's always the risk, isn't it? There's tons of planets in DBZ. They don't need the Earth. Anyway, go live on Damic. <laughs> let's. Uh, let's <laughs> how we ended up talking about this at this point honestly but uh, it just ends up at, at this point okay sir snipes a lot with a one in the sir uh says what is your opinion on mid alchemist in this meta i have suddenly been playing with and against the hero a lot recently i was wondering your thoughts on alchemist right now and if he is a viable mid hero that suddenly everybody is playing alchemist yeah and I'm not a mid player. I, I I think he's great. I believe he's probably good because he generates gold out of nothing. Yeah, which is like super overpowered in theory. Yeah, I think I think Alka is one of the best mids right now. He's a really good, really good last pick. Uh, even like a second to last pick hero, where you have one hero on your team that is uncountered, and you want to force the enemy team to like either counter the Alk or counter that hero. Uh, I think Alka's really good. Like, if you have another kind of cancer hero on your team that's a, a win condition, and then picking Alk as a secondary win condition is is really nice. I bet he's really good with, like, the the Radiance into, like, the Blink kind of Shadow Blade. Like, I don't know, Shadow, but, like, the the really aggressive Alk build, not the, like, Ocarine Core Manta. Yeah, that, that's what people farm. are doing. That People are, like, basically... Okay, so basically, the, the reason that I think Alk is really good right now is because... Uh, you used to be able to get enough net worth early on into the game to uh, deal with him and run into his jungle and kill and, and kill him before he gets Radiance. But now everybody farms so slowly, and Alk gets the Radiance at the same time, and honestly faster, depending like depending yep. on the stacks that people are now making. Like A lot of people are stacking the tri-camps for Alk. Yep. Uh, but basically, Alk gets a Radiance faster than a lot of heroes can even run into the jungle and deal with them. So he can literally just be a guaranteed win in a game. It's yeah. really, it's it's honestly really bullshit. He's kind of uh, like was, Broodmother in a way now. Yeah, like, he's exactly like he's exactly like uh, Broodmother. It's it's really hard to deal with the last pick Alchemist. Uh, Alchemist, borderline impossible if the Alk is good. So I think I think it's good. Okay. Bungle No More says, uh, question, as Offling Lycan going Helm slash Necrobook, should you ever show up to plan fights or do you keep pushing all the time? Also, should you swap lanes to push tier ones or keep pushing the offlane? Uh, these are really good questions. These are these are yeah. high level questions. Uh, commend, I, I commend you for asking these because um, these are these are just really like really good questions. And if you if you if you're asking questions like this, you're gonna you're gonna improve a lot because these are good questions. Anyway, uh, so yes, I would say uh, you do want to show up to fights around your ultimate. If you don't have the ultimate, you basically never show up to fights. Uh, the way the way that I personally like to play offlane Lycan, and I kind of copied this from other people, it's pretty obvious. You just, uh, you you look to like gank near a tower with your ulti, take the tower, and around not having the ulti, you just split push lanes and farm the jungle near. So basically you farm the jungle nearby and put your units in lanes. Uh, if you don't see people on the map, if you do see people on the map, you can push the lane with your heroes and with your uh or with your hero and your creeps uh, and then with the ulti you want to show up to fights and i would say in general uh with the with the tier tier one or pushing the offlane question what i like to do right now is this is like a, i do this on the shrack uh take the tier one and then go and see if you can see if you can get a gank mid and take the tier one mid but just just Test the waters. Take a little dip in the waters and see how it feels. And if it doesn't feel like you can really do anything there, then just head head back up to the top lane. That's kind of like, that's kind of a pretty nice way that you could do it. A lot of the time you'll be able to take it, but sometimes 
the whole enemy team will TP to defend it, and then you can just make your way back to the top lane. It's not a huge commitment to do that. There's also the option of going to the safe lane and uh, having your carry take the off lane and then just pressuring uh, the, sa the safe lane tower and, and more importantly, defending your safe lane tower. But that's only something you can do, of course, if you still have that safe lane tower available. And uh, just use your best judgment, basically. It's 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 never going to be bad to like to, to pressure... Uh, to pressure a tower like as long as you're doing something for a purpose for a reason it's good where it's like okay i want to be in this area to pressure this tower okay this is not feeling that great i'm going to go somewhere else you can just adjust as the game goes on yeah i would definitely go watch 33 play lichen and i would watch Arteezy play lichen i think those are two of the best lichens in the world right now and uh whether you play him in the safe lane or the off lane he plays the same way like for the majority of the game um you know post laning stage, you're, you're going to play exactly the same way. Everything that Jenkins just described. Um, but yeah, those those are probably the two people that I would go watch play Lycan, because I think they play at a higher level than other people. He's a good hero, man. He's 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 underrated, I think. I don't know if he's I don't know if he's underrated. He's in a weird spot. He's getting picked up like enough, but not probably not that uh, not enough enough right. i guess it's like yeah. he's he's probably he's probably one of the best heroes in dota right now i yep. think he's also just like a, a fucking cool hero he's like he's one of those heroes that plays dota in a way that's completely different than him yeah itemization too i've always i've always loved the fact every, every, every time i make a goddamn lichen video i always say like this hero is fucking amazing because you build utility items that just because of how spells work, they also function as damage items. Like yep. that is that is innately broken that you get just a two for one deal with Lycan. Yep. Like you don't you don't build like you don't build like a Dagon on Nyx and it's like, oh thank God this works so well with his other abilities. Like uh, this is a utility item as no, that's a damage item. You build Deso on PA, it's a fucking damage item. You build Dominator on PA, it's just a utility item. It doesn't give you any damage. But on Lycan, you build a Dom, it's utility, and you buff you buff all of your units, so it's damage as well. Yep. You get a necro. Lycan buffs all his units. It's damage. It's not just for pushing. It's not just for the utility of a necro book. It does so much damage. He's a carry. He's a carry and an offlaner at the same time. Not okay. Yep. Agreed. Broken. Okay. That's, that's why Sven was was so good because you didn't have to yeah. build anything but utility. He already does enough damage. Like back when he was being played in the offlane all the time. Yeah, like the Vlad's uh, the Vlad's build. Yep. Vlad's blink sort of thing. And you just did damage anyway with that it's, build. Exactly. Just uh, okay. So Souls asks opinions on four staff plus ether lens versus Yules on techies, as well as XP talent versus mind CS talent. Oh my God, Souls! Why you gotta ask about techies, man? Yeah, like, where's like, Where's Robot Vice? Who even plays that hero? I don't know, dude. Oh God. I actually have no opinion. I've played three games of techies in my life. <laughs> it's hard, dude. I, I I'm doing. That's I why coached... I, I like really am scared about that goal on Patreon. Because <laughs> we're we not getting there. We, we're we not decided that I would play the techies and you'd play Pudge. Play Pudge. That's true. That's true. <laughs> God, that would be such a disaster. We're well off. We're never hitting that goal. We're good. Don't worry. Probably. What's the $10 million goal? Oh, yeah. $10 million. We'll take your useless and unwanted medals and turn them into <laughs> precious gold. <laughs> We'll actually perform transmutation for that. Oh, my God. Like, actually be alchemists. Yeah. Dude, what is this? Uh, do you see on the Patreon? There's like a picture of a dude. What? 
there's okay there's a picture of a dude in the coaching replay that i uploaded it's just a picture of a dude and then you click it it's like sorry an error occurred with this video it's like yeah you're putting it like some picture of some like 1600s guy as a as a the <laughs> thumbnail in my dota video what the fuck's going on with youtube sorry i mean that's totally irrelevant to what's happening right now but anyway back to your techies question uh i think probably both will would be fine i i think it just depends on how you want to play the hero i think if you're playing the robo vice style of techies which is to play as a carry then going for the xp talent is amazing and you probably want to go for a yules and just uh, use that to defend yourself and to split push and to split farm. If you want to be more of like a group fighter, four staff plus ether lens is definitely going to be good. Uh, if you want to contribute to your team a little bit more earlier in, in the in the uh, role of actually fighting. But I know that Robovice, who is hands down the best techies on the planet, he goes for Yules and he goes for he goes for the XP talent. Yeah, because he eventually he, he plays the hero like the hero is so good at defending that he can basically guarantee that he gets to twenty five every game at that point. So he actually can play to make it to late game all the time. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty. It's pretty stupid when you think about it. The only reason it's like not stupid is because like well, Techie sucks dick as a hero and always has. Maybe not anymore, but that's what your initial thought is at least. So it's like, all right, that's fine. But any hero, imagine if Spectre could could make her uh, make her own game last until late game. Like that hero would be the best hero in Dota. So it's like techies can can do really well in the late game and then make the game go there too. So pretty uh, pretty nuts when you really think about the concept outside of the con uh, the the context of what we already think about techies. So that's it for the that's it for the Patreon questions. Um, if you have any more and you're a Patreon subscriber, of course you can put them in there and we'll get to it. But we can take some questions from chat now. Yeah. Uh, so how how long we've we been going for now? There, D boy, big D. Uh, we've been answering questions for about 26 minutes. Okay. So do, what, do you want to go to like 35 minutes or whatever? You said you wanted to keep the episodes a little bit shorter. Yeah, we can go just like another five, just five, six, seven minutes, something like that. Okay. All right. We'll, uh, we'll start answering questions from chat. I believe I copy and pasted one. Oh, no, that's uh, the money that I'm owed from tournaments. Okay. Uh, uh Clovis Senpai, hey Jenkins and Elevated, been watching since Pugna folded. What are your guys' thoughts on Night Stalker? I think Blink's Night Stalker is incredibly strong. I think Night Stalker is good. I, I think uh, with the with the new talent at twenty five and the new ultimate, uh, that hero is is actually a beast in the late game. It's it's pretty nuts. Um, the only the only thing that makes them balanced is that the day night cycles are like five minutes long, so, yep. so you have a you have a lot of opportunities to uh to fight around him not having nighttime that that's the only problem with night stalker but the fact that his ult now gives uh flying vision during the night and it's free busted. movement yeah yeah it's busted it's actually it's actually way too good like but once again he's absolutely broken during the night but completely balanced and honestly terrible he's like the most useless hero during the day yeah period so i think i think the hero's in actually a good, pretty good spot I do too. I definitely think that, like, yeah, during the nighttime, he's he's probably the best hero in the game, to be honest. Yeah. Like, he just gets so much free net worth in terms of, like, what he gains from Hunter in the Night and all of the skills getting better. I, I don't know. I feel like there's got to be some way to play him. Maybe you, like, have to rush a refresher on him or something like that because he's so tanky. He gets so much damage anyway. You almost don't even need to get other items. Just, like, I don't know. 
something early game, whether it's like drums, like phase drums, KB, pressure, or something like that is probably reasonably good. Probably. Yeah, a lot of people a lot of people are going phase, uh, phase drums. And um early BKB is like one of the most common things in this yeah. patch in pro games, like every single hero. I mean I'm even seeing uh uh, supports go like second item BKB. It's pretty nuts. Oh yeah, if if you're if you're playing a right click carry like a PA Terra Blades fan something like that, and you delay your BKB to like your third or fourth item, you're gonna lose. It's too late at that point. Yeah, you, you need to go like one early game item, one damage item, and then can't you can't go multiple. How high is it possible to climb MMR with Pudge? Says Pranav Kumar. Is Ask it possible? What? Ask Cupe. Oh, Cupe? Yeah. No, no, don't ask him. I would say, I would say it's not possible. Do, do not play Pudge. <laughs> that fucking hero sucks. I've seen Cupe play Pudge. I've seen, uh, what's his face? Uh, Yoku play Pudge. Like these are the two best Pudge players in the world, and I've seen them play it in competitive, and it's awful. They feed. I've seen them play it in pubs, and half the time it's a fucking disaster. Like. They could have mastered almost any other hero, like Earth Spirit or something, and they'd be doing way better. It's just, it's, it, Pudge needs buffs. Pudge, ne Pudge needs buffs right now. To be completely frank with you, it's it's one of the worst heroes in Dota. I, uh, Loda tweeted that Pudge is a broken hero. Uh, I think Loda uh, doesn't play Dota at all anymore, so he doesn't know <laughs> what he's talking about. I think he's, he's playing like auto chess and shit, because Pudge is not good. Like, People feed if I pick that in pubs. They know it's me, too, and they know they're like, oh, Jenkins Pudge, that's good. Uh, you know, that guy's like a Pudge player. And they're like, Jenkins, do not pick Pudge. Jenkins, do not pick Pudge. I get fucking flamed all the time for picking Pudge. And pe people in NA have their name, too. Pick Pudge, I feed. Like, that's actually their names. And I'll still pick Pudge in games with them, and they won't feed because they'll think, oh, that's Jenkins. He's good at Pudge. He's known for it. And then I feed because it sucks. And, and then the next time, they're like, please don't pick Pudge. So yeah. um, there's a there's a reason why the most popular hero ever in Dota is picked like 10% portal bracket. It's, it's literally 40% and all other brackets are higher and it's fucking 10% bracket. Yep. You'll probably yep. go up 500 MMR if you remove him from your hero pool. Yes. <laughs> actually, <laughs> actually, oh my god, dude, I've been looking at my 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 like uh stats on Dota bot for the past few months and it's like hmm, okay nature's profit 89 percent win rate you know the shrack 62 percent like wow this is fuck pudge 21 percent win rate weaver 33 percent win rate and it's like shit if i just stopped picking pudge and weaver i would be 7k right now like, i would actually <laughs> have won like 30 more games because i'm just losing horrendously with these heroes yep. and winning a lot i'm winning a lot with with like nature's profit People keep getting really angry at me in games when I'm Nature's Prophet and like getting personal. So that kind of makes me feel like I'm pretty. Yeah, that's good stuff. Because they're like so fucking mad on stream all the time, just so salty. I, I I like exclusively split push on that hero. I don't show up to fight ever. It's a it's a fuckery, man. It's good stuff though. It's good stuff. Okay, uh, let's see. There was a question up here. Uh, somebody said, "Can you elaborate on what snowballing is?" Uh, Mayor Eslami. Oh, hey, what's up? What a this that's uh that's one of my beloved stream viewers. Yeah, Mayor is a G, good guy. I would uh I would say it's snowballing is basically just like um base like okay 
the the simple explanation of snowballing just means like you you get very strong and stronger off of that strength and stronger off of that strength in like an exponential way and then you win the game that's that's like uh that's snowballing but uh my like is jenkins like pseudo scientific explanation for snowballing is basically like if you can take a couple of, of advantages in the early game because of skill and then you have a little bit more farm than the enemy team you'll have a little bit more hp or whatever stats you choose to get from items and a lot of the a lot of the time uh heroes cannot reasonably kill you with uh with the with that advantage if you play well enough and then you can use that to bait the enemy team to make more mistakes and then more and then more and then more and then more and then you win uh like for example that's why people on gyrocopter when that hero was originally popular when it was just you know it wasn't just gyro io every game it was it was just gyro the 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 point of that hero was you get tanky enough so that people waste a bunch of shit on you and then you turn around and pop all of your stuff and win the fight so it wasn't about not losing hp and being tanky it was about having just enough hp to turn out 100 hp and win the fight so basically snowballing is like the act of getting one extra item through throughout skilling to get that to that 100 hp left threshold when the enemy team uses their spells on you you survive a fight where you shouldn't that gets you more of a lead then you survive a fight that you shouldn't that gets you more of a lead and then all of a sudden the game is fucking over because you just can't play dota against a hero that's taken that much of an advantage yeah it's actually really funny how dota functions like that like if you if you're really paying attention to what's going on in the game you'll start noticing stuff like Oh shit, I missed like five creeps here and it delayed my item that just didn't have in time for this fight or this gank and so I died and now I'm like way farther behind than I was and now I can't actually show up for any fights for the next 15 minutes because I went from being able to actually control the tempo to being a victim of the tempo and just like a couple of small actions like that. Yeah. Yep. Dota's Dota's kind of crazy. Uh, that, that's why I think Necrophos is like a busted hero. Because no matter what, no matter what lead somebody gets on any hero, you can, like, you know, it, it's a percentage thing. So all you need to do is get somebody below, like, 60%, and then you can kill them with Necro. Yep. So if somebody has that, like, snowballing happening where they have these extra items, and it's like, aha! I survived at 200 HP because I'm snowballing. It's like, well, fucking eat a Reaper Sight to the face, face then, buddy. Yeah. Like, you, you, can't actually, you can't actually be unkillable against a Necro. Right. And then, obviously, Heartstopper Aura works on percentage damage as well. So, yeah, that, that, that's why that hero, like, no matter what, I never think that a Necro in the late game can lose. Like, you always have a chance with Necro because you can always do that damage to get somebody below that threshold where it would normally be like, aha, I turned the fight on you. I'm low HP. It's like, well, you're fucking dead because I'm Necro. So thanks. Like, yeah, Necro doesn't need people to be at a hundred. He doesn't need to get people to zero HP. He needs to get people to like forty percent, and then he's good. Yeah, it's a very rare game where you're not able to at least get the entire enemy team to half HP, even if you're getting completely stomped. Like, you should still be able to get them to about half HP. The stats, the stats just like don't work that way in Dota. Yeah. You just you can't get you can't get enough stats fast enough that you. It's more so people will survive at like 30%. It's like, oh, what a disaster. I wish we could have. But it's like, well, because you gave them some items early game. So this is your doing that, yep. that made them serve. Somebody survives a 10% HP in a fight. It's not because, wow, they played so well in that fight. It's more so because they had the farm and they had the items to do that in a fight because of stuff that happened earlier. 
And that's snowballing to me. That's that's honestly what snowballing is in Dota. I guess that's like a butterfly effect sort of thing, but it plays into snowballing. Yep. Okay. Uh, I'll answer this personal question. Sure. Why not? Christoph Jeffers says, what is my favorite part of playing support? Um, I like playing support because, well, there's, there's a couple different reasons and a couple different mindsets. Number one, uh, I like playing support because it gives me control over the vision game, which I think is absolutely terrible. And I would say 99.9% of Dota games. True. And so I actually can make sure that we have enough wards. And I can make sure that I can, like, you can legitimately, if you're playing five and you don't have, like, 30 centuries bought in every single game, even against teams that don't have a bunch of invisible heroes, then you're not playing the, the like, the position correctly. Because every single time that you push, every single time that you take an objective, you should be just scouring the area for vision. Because the less vision that the other team has, the less comfortable they are leaving their base, which means the less farm that they get which means that you guys just inherently get more farm by one person on your team basically saying, fuck my net worth. Um, and it just, like, it automatically boosts your whole team. Uh, the other reason I like playing support is sometimes I just really don't feel like having all the pressure of the game being on me. <laughs> like, legitimately, I'll be like, all right, I'd rather just, you know, say, take the wheel of Jesus and, you know, I'll, I'll be one of your disciples for this game. No, <laughs> not really. Um, I don't know. Sometimes I just, like, I don't really want to be that stressed out about having to fucking focus on last hitting and then carrying the game that way. I'd rather be able to just run around and make other people's games hard and then hope that my team takes advantage of that. I don't play support, so... Yeah, cool, cool story, bro. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Well, I'm not kidding. I actually don't play that much support. I only play nature's support, and that's like that's not even that's not even supporting, to be honest. Uh, thoughts on jungle enigma at 3k bracket? I'd be very careful about giving your rings to a 3k player. They're not they're not going to give them back, and I think that's one of the big reasons that enigma is really good. But uh, I mean, I, I still think it's fine because the hero pressures the map, and he farms really quickly, and he carries the game, so. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think Enigma, I, I think Enigma should be perfectly fine. As I bet a, it's really as a, good. I, yeah, it sounds good. It sounds really good. I bet it's gonna be really uh, good just because nobody's gonna pressure you. Like, yeah, there's a very very little chance that you don't have enough time to come online, and suddenly then you have four cores and you. Just, uh, right. the The amount of times too that I've seen like Francis play Enigma or something, and he's just taking all the towers on the map while his team is dying. Yeah. And then they just win the late game because he's taking so many towers with the Eidolons and the. The Dawn Creeps. Like, he doesn't even fight. He just split pushes. I watched an entire game where he didn't even get off one black hole with Enigma, and they won. Because he just split pushed with it. And people yeah. can't deal with that. People cannot deal with that in pubs. Yep. So it's it's good as long as you're not just farming jungle the whole game. Like, the one mistake you can make, the one mistake is to farm jungle instead of lanes past the laning stage. Yep. If you're not making that mistake, then you're going to win. But if you go jungle on anything, you're going to fucking lose. Like, you just don't contribute at all by jungling. Yep. Past the past the laning stage. So as long as you're shoving lanes, you're you're gonna have a super high chance of winning. I mean, I think that's true. I think that's true in general. Um. All right. Let's take this as the last question by okay. Ali Black Ghost. Says hi. How to counter early game pushing lineups and what to pick against them? I'm playing in 4K and there's a lot of Smurfs here spamming Lycan and telling their team to pick Nature's Prophet or something like that. First of all, I'm sure that there are some Smurfs. I don't think there are that many Smurfs. However. 
Um, it can feel like the game is very hard if you're against an early but you don't. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of ways. Like, a lot of the time you want to have somebody on your team that has some outpush, and you can do that. So, like, Grimstroke, Keeper of the Light, Lena, and just have them, like, clear the wave. Winter Wyvern's also really good. It depends on your role. Um, I, I would say a really good way to deal with it, too, is just by, you just say, okay, you want to push on me, I'll push on you. Pick, pick Necro, uh, sorry, pick um, uh, Lashrak, pick Pugna, and just run at their towers, split push them while they push you. And then you just get towers, they get towers, uh, and then you just play like a regular late game game. The, the problem is when you're playing against a pushing lineup and you don't get any objectives. That, that's when you have an issue because uh, objectives don't really matter if, if, you're, like, if you're trading, you know? If you're trading their objectives for your objectives, you're perfectly fine with that when in most games you just lose to that. Um, yeah. And fighting into it a lot of the time is a mistake right exactly. now, I would say. That was the last thing that I wanted to add was that like the, the biggest mistake that people make against early game heavy lineups is that they play, like they, they try to defend all of their towers. I think that if you're playing against, if you have a fairly late game oriented lineup and you're playing against an early game lineup, you should literally think of your tier ones and tier twos as just sort of a buffer zone to the other team ending the game. Yeah. And you can just concede that very, very easily. Like, just concede your tier ones, concede your tier twos. The only time you really need to be worried is when they're actually going high ground. And chances are, they're going to try to go high ground way too early because they had a good early game and they're going to go high ground, you know, maybe with no Aegis, maybe without BKBs, maybe without the ability to actually kill your heroes that are sitting high ground and defending. And so they're just going to go ahead and feed away a whole bunch of like uh, comeback gold to you because they got way ahead too early and then they pushed their advantage too early without being able to do anything. You have to hold high ground pretty much. And the rest yep. of the time you should just be taking advantage of the fact that they're probably all running down together and you get more farm. Yep. A lot of the time you lose you lose a lot of uh, gold and, and, and XP on the map by just grouping up and running at tower. So split pushing is like a hard counter to it. Yep. All right, you want to take any other questions? I think we're good for now. I think I think we can end it out there and make the episode nice and nice and short, nice and compact. Cool. All right, hey, thank you guys for tuning in. This has been Alchemy Answers episode 28. Um, Replay review coming this Thursday, same time as this, 9 p.m. Eastern. Get your replays into the Patreon supporters, uh, patreon.com slash dotaalchemy. And uh, we'll review them live on stream, and you guys can watch if you're not a Patreon supporter, of course. Learn some stuff from people in your MMR bracket, maybe a little bit lower than you, maybe a little bit higher. Who knows? We'll see what kind of replays we get. But uh, as always, thank you for your support. Thanks for tuning in. And um, be sure to check out Jenkins streaming. He's streaming almost every single day. Um, I think I'm probably going to start streaming a little bit, but sometimes it just makes me play way worse, and I don't have fun. So we'll see. But definitely watch Jenkins because he's he's pretty good at the game. Whoops. I ended the call with Jenkins instead of ending.